This is Budget Line, a special series for the TripCast. This is Budget Line, our ongoing podcast about the Texas state budget. And this week, we're going to talk about spending caps. I'm Ross Ramsey. I'm here with Amon Bathija. And I'll let you take the first crack at what a spending cap is, Amon. Spending cap is, in its simplest form, it's meant to restrict how much the budget can grow from one session to the next. But it's uh, not really as clear as all that. So it's not really, it's like they put a lid on the pot and it's not really a lid on the pot. It's, 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 it's a lid, but it's covering less than half the pot. A lot's getting out. And, and it turns out that it wasn't really about spending in the first place at all. There's a guy here in town, Dale Kramer, who's the head of the Texas Taxpayers and Research Association. He's a former revenue estimator for the state, and he was the budget director for Ann Richards and for George W. Bush. It doesn't appear that it was originally designed necessarily to limit spending, but to limit tax increases. Uh, if you look at the language of the, uh, of the Constitution, it says that the rate of growth of appropriations from state tax revenues not dedicated by the Constitution cannot exceed the rate of growth of the state's economy. So what they're limiting is appropriations from state tax revenues. The focus was, does not appear to be so much on budget growth as it was on tax growth. So it's just state tax revenue. It's not federal money. It's not lottery money. Right. And the problem is uh, when people talk about it, they tend to talk about it in a way that it sounds like it's covering the entire budget. The spending cap is based on estimates of how fast the state will grow. And the estimate that they've chosen is personal income growth. And they generally come to that by looking at estimates from four different models. One of them is the state controller, and then they get two or three private firms. What did they do this time? They got uh, Moody's and a couple of other private firms to give them estimates. And they and they basically take the spending in the previous budget, which is underway, and uh, choose a growth number. What was it this time? It was 11.68%, and that was a number picked by the Legislative Budget Board uh, in December. But as Kramer points out, remember... It doesn't apply to everything. For example, uh, income from the lottery, that's not tax revenue. That's essentially a, a profit from selling lottery tickets. That's not subject to spending limits. So that money can be spent and it doesn't apply. The spending limit also does not apply to any tax revenue that is constitutionally dedicated. For example, we dedicate 75% of our gasoline tax to highways. That's a constitutional dedication. So that revenue doesn't count against the spending limit. It leaves out a lot of state spending, and it looks different depending on where you sit. You know, Kramer's always been on the side of, um, or most often been on the side of estimating how much money will be available. And Talmadge Heflin is a former House member from Houston and a former House Appropriations committee chairman. He was actually the head budget writer in the House. And um, here's how he describes it. The current limit only includes about 40 percent of the budget. Uh, it is uh, a subjective measure when you start uh, estimating what the personal income growth will be for the next two years. And it's relatively easy to break the cap since it only takes a majority vote of both bodies to do that. Kramer agrees with Heflin that the logistics are easy, but the politics of the spending cap are tougher. It's not hard to exceed the spending limit technically. All it takes is a simple majority vote. But politically, that's going to be one of the most difficult votes a member can make because it's a, it's a record vote. 
That's just another way of saying that each lawmaker has to put their name on their vote and that voters can look back later and see if their own lawmaker did what they wanted them to do. And we wouldn't be even having this conversation if the state didn't have billions of dollars in extra money to spend this session more than enough to break the cap. Historically, uh, the legislature has not had uh, enough revenue available to it to spend, which would put it over the spending limit. We're, we're in a very unusual uh, set of circumstances today because the legislature actually does have more cash than they can access if they hold true to the spending limit. A more rigorous spending cap would take flexibility away from legislators and budget writers, which is part of the point. They want to, you know, kind of constrain themselves here and put a leash on themselves, restrict them so that they won't go crazy. But that makes some lawmakers awfully nervous. Here's Joan Huffman, who's a senator from Houston. Not that I don't like the idea. I just, I think as we look at this, we have to have <clears throat> flexibility because I don't know how we govern effectively to represent our constituents if we're not don't have some ability to be flexible with the specific needs of the state at a specific time. As it stands, lawmakers have options on how they could spend the money in state coffers without breaking the spending cap. Uh, for instance, tax cuts, some tax cuts count against the cap and some don't. It's important to remember this, the spending limit applies to money out the door. So if the legislature is going to reduce school property taxes, it has to put more money out the door and give it to school districts. But if you cut the sales tax, if you cut the franchise tax, that's less money coming in the door. The spending limit doesn't apply to that. So you do get this strange construct that if you want to buy down property taxes, you literally are buying them down, which means you are spending money. And that counts against the spending limit. But if you just want to cut sales tax or franchise tax, that's less money in the door. It is not subject to spending limit. So certain types of tax relief may hit the limit. Others may not. A couple of constitutional amendments on the Senate side proposed over there would put the entire state budget under the spending cap. That's been revised, I guess, to only apply to state funds. And this seems like a contradiction, but another one would exempt increases in spending on tax cuts and debt payments from the spending cap calculation. So when you were figuring out how fast the budget grew, you wouldn't throw those two things in. That's prompted a debate between a couple of Republicans on the Senate Finance Committee, Jane Nelson and Kel Seliger. To implement a kind of contrivance to simply allow us to spend more of the taxpayers' money, I don't believe is conservative at all. It's I think their this ought money, to be, Senator. It's their money. We have so much coming that, in. And you're exactly right. That's the point. Should it is their money. Back? And to implement a device that simply allows us to spend more of their money, I do not believe is conservative. I think it's worth considering, but I think it ought to be a separate measure, not piggybacking on a, 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 a bill that is profoundly conservative. S spending more money. Sometimes it's necessary, sometimes it's not. Very, very seldom is it a more conservative But measure. you do realize that giving it back counts against the cap. Giving people back their money should not count as spending. I'm not asking to spend more money. This money, I'm asking, this is taxpayer dollars that I want to give back. And I don't believe it should count against it. I have no I problem with giving it back, but it is still, by any definition, spending the money. Well, we disagree. So you can see how fraught this is. Lawmakers are trying to 
spend w within the spending cap and tighten the spending cap. And they're also trying to manipulate the rules to get around the spending cap. And all of this is in an effort to do what they all think is best for the state. So that's Budget Line. Uh, I'm Amon Bathija with Ross Ramsey. If you have ideas for future episodes, email us at budgetline at texastribune.org. Thank you.